You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Welcome to the 240th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt, buried in snow in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where I guess it's just kind of rainy, but nobody cares about the weather. What's going on, you guys? No. What? Wait, really? What? What? Oh my God, Spencer, you know what's going on? What's going pre-season on? Preseason racing. So much preseason racing. You love preseason racing, don't you? I can't get enough, um, you know. Just can't get enough. It's sol- form checks everywhere, everywhere. Form checks, form so, checks. Yeah, I know, and I, I haven't lot. been paying much attention, but from what I can tell, Astana's in form and no one else is. No, uh, no I'll tell you who's in form. I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> Stop. Uh, the Trek women's team is completely in form right now, and you guys have heard me talk about um, one particular name over the years nonstop, mm-hmm. and... Last year, she was on Cervella Bigla, and then she got signed over to um, the Trek women's team. And not only does she have the greatest national champion jersey in the professional peloton, men or women, uh, being the Finnish national road champion, um, Lada Lepisto. Yeah, I think you nailed that, probably. Lada Lepisto. Ooh, I like that. Don't keep trying. Yeah, I think the first time. Give it another one. I want to hear it. Oh, yeah, sure. Lada Lepisto. Pizzo. Okay. Um, yeah, either way, it's it's probably the first. Um, I'm just going to say Lada, the Finnish national road champion, mm-hmm. who has had a ton of close calls in the last two or three years, right? Like she's always been on the podium at the big races, racing for the much smaller Cervella Bigla team. Mm-hmm. Now she is on the, basically the New York Yankees of women's world tour racing. Yeah. So she has the team now behind her, or in front of her, leading her out. And she won two stages over this past weekend at um, the Valencia uh, race, and it's pretty awesome. I'm just going to throw it out there that I said when she got signed to Trek on the podcast maybe like 20 episodes ago, this was the biggest off-season signing, and I, I'm being proven right. Mm. So if yeah. you guys just want to contribute some dollars to my fund, that would be awesome. <laughs> well, is that how it works? I was just going to say, good job, Tim. Way to notice something. I, yeah, that, that's it. Like, I just want to point out that Trek is killing it, but it's really because of Lada, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Oh, it's true. Those are okay, big wins. So now you guys can get back to your preseason racing on the men's side, I guess, with Astana. <laughs> well, it's not just Astana. I mean, uh, Oman... There's been a lot of bike racing. <laughs> uh, look, I want you to try that one again. I'm sure Spencer's going to fix this one in post. Okay, let's let's do that again, Dad. Come on. Oh, man. There's been a lot of bike racing this last week, you guys. Oh, man. Oh, wow. wow. Well, yeah. Done. There really has been. Oh, yeah. Man, indeed. So we had, we had the Volta Algrav. Yep. We had the Ruta del Sol. Mm-hmm. We had the Tour Cycliste Internacional de Hot Var. And then, supposedly, in Turkey, there was some race called Tour de Antalya or some crap that that's Matthew Vanderpool was at. want to talk about. Well, yeah. I want to talk about a lot of these because two guys won who haven't won for a while who are going to be on the start list next week at Umloop, and we're going to be cheering for it, which is Stivar won a stage at Algarve, yes. and then Sepp Van Mark, who hadn't won in, like, forever won the first stage of the hot va- the hood far wow. whatever it is. Yeah. Um so it's nice to see those two guys coming into some form, especially with like I kind of didn't know who was going to be the the leading the leader at the quick step team at this point for the classic. It's I mean well, maybe Stibar is asserting himself. It's not going to you know? be Stibar. <laughs> well, so, I mean he 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 laid down a little marker there. He won on like an uphill finish too. So. Little guy, were you stoked that team quick step won? This past weekend? I mean, I don't really care, but I like Steve Barr. 
So I like Steve Bar too. I wish he was on a different team. I now. saw yeah, I, I saw know. some stat floating around, and I don't have it in front of me, of course. Um, but it was something like uh, wins this year on the men's side was like eleven or twelve to Astana, and like ten to Quickstep, and like basically one or two to everybody else. Yeah, Astana's and I mean, so Fuglesang won the overall at at Route de Sol because they have I, they basically Astana has to win a stage race every week now. I think it's the law. Okay. Um, yeah, so they they did that with him. That was thing. You know, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. So So, does this bode well for them or are they just trying to mop up these points early in the season because they're going to fade hard later? I mean, it could, the fade could, uh, realistically, the fade starts next week when we head to the cobbled classics and I don't know who from their team is leading the charge at that point. Next week? Did you say next week? Yeah. Next week. Let's dumb this down. the big deal. For real quick. Jesus. Like. Like there's a lot of racing going on, but really bike racing starts next week with the cobbled yeah. classic Umloop Het Newsblad, which is also a cool race because there's a women's version as mm-hmm. well on the same day, which is pretty cool. So let's mm. not discount that. So you have kind of the the launch of real racing, not this preseason racing that little guy is getting excited it's about. It's been good though. It's uh, been good yeah. racing. Sure. <laughs> but but everything is leading up to Umloop yep. and little guy, you're saying that Stebar is looking pretty good because he won a race um, in Portugal this past weekend. Yes, yeah, Stebar's looking okay. good. Sep, hey, uh, Trenton won two okay. races yeah. in the last week. So, and that he's a guy I think people kind of forget about for those classics, but he has been there in the past in the front group and not quite made the cut. But like the form is there so, right now. Yeah. You know, that's so, I, we don't think about Mitchell and Scott being there for those Never, races but for any reason it seems not like it could could be happening next week <laughs> and then other winners we had a pino win yeah yeah gc right. and a so, stage so pino wins a little mini stage race um i don't believe he's on the start list for umlu no i believe not um and little guy that. i know the only reason you mentioned this little race in in turkey the tour of antalya Mm-hmm. Was because of who won on uh, Sunday? I'm mentioning it today. I'm mentioning it for two reasons. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. We're going to Matthew Vanderpool MVP corner. Already, we're there. I'm going to mention a little guy named Roy Johns. Twice he gets to be an MVP twice because this dude won two stages. Yeah, two stages. So I believed him when I first brought him up. You were questioning his ability as a Matthew Vanderpool MVP. Is this enough of a message to you? Oh man, little guy, let me tell you a little. <laughs> I mean, I know this was basically a cat three a, race, <laughs> but like, I don't want to say that that it's a message. Like, yes, you picked the second best rider on Matthew <laughs> Vanderpool's team. I'm just saying he's got some help. Let me give you the taste. Let me, let me give you the test. Yeah. This is an honest test, and I I appreciate the work and the journalism you've put into MVDP Corner. Mm-hmm. It's taken minutes. But here here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem. He is on the start list for Umloop. Matthew Vanderpool is not on the start list for Umloop. Yeah, because they're so working see for how Roy Jans. Jans does. If he gets 16th place yeah. or something around there, then I'm all in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet some internet points on this guy and get him over the um, the hump because he seems like the real deal. So is he your third member of the MVDP corner? Yeah, he gets to or, be twice. He gets to so be twice. twice now. So so yeah. now Mitch Docker and the rest of the boys they got to look professional at professional peloton now really have to look at that and they actually have his start number on their top two on their stem. They have his number written in sharpie. Yeah. I mean, I like, think watch this guy. He was already a man to watch, but I think now he is definitely a sneaky dark horse mm-hmm. if because he, he did a race for that in Turkey sprint. that no one's ever heard of. Dude, there's a waterfall in that city. It's a pretty good point. Yeah, I think okay. I, I. Okay, so he won two stages. Vanderpool won a stage, obviously, because if Vanderpool shows up to a small stage race, he wins a stage. Like, um. So let me. Okay, just yeah. bear with me for a second here. All right, Let's I'm just bearing look with at you. the stage four. 
Rayons takes first place. Yes. Over um, Giannardi Lenardi. We don't need to go into <laughs> in who he beat. Wait, I'm That's not done not yet. Important. I'm not done yet. Let's talk about third place, Boss Vanderkooj of Monkey Town. Oh. Yep. Now, we've talked about Team Monkey Town before because it is <laughs> arguably the greatest name of any cyclist cycling team yeah. in the world. He won stage two. And Monkey Town, the, for, for a team called Monkey Town, the kits are very lacking for what they could get away with Monkey Town. Now, 100% agree. There, now, it's a super a, big letdown on the kit side. As a dad that likes to read books to my son, little yes. Hymar cuddles up, and one of his favorite books is Curious George, The mm-hmm. Man with the Yellow Hat. I like to think of monkeys when I'm reading Curious George. Can't Monkey Town maybe just do something like a Curious George, like any page of a Curious George book looks better than that kit? It's like a there's pretty so bad much kit. Possible here. No, I agree. I'm 100% with you. I mean, it it would be a bad kit even if it didn't say Monkey Town no. on it, but especially because this is Monkey Town, they are dropping the ball big time. Okay. So that team Monkey Town, which we just agreed is like not a very good team because they have such an amazing team name and a horrible kit. Yeah. Got third place. So maybe Roy Jans is either sandbagging us a little bit or he's just like the best on JV. <laughs> hey, that's okay. You got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? All right. Spencer. Yeah. I I know you're a connoisseur of bike racing. And I know that Umloop is coming up. Oh, next. yeah. This is when you start watching. Yep. This is when I kind of start watching. This is when we we venture into the dark webs because I don't believe this race is on NBC Sports Network. So no. I'll risk a virus like, for this one. Up, update your... Update your uh, antivirus software. <laughs> You're going into the deep webs yep. to find a feed of Umloop. Yep. Who Spencer is the uh, who? Who are you going to bet on to take the win at Umloop oh. next week? That's a tough call. Um, it, you know, we uh, it's too early in the season for like an Oliver Nason. I think so. I think so. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's but it's one of these races that's important enough. That you want your 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 semi superstars to be going well, but it's not important enough that you know your your big names, your Perry Roubaix guys, aren't going to be going good yet. Um, so and that's fine, like that's okay. So I'm looking at that that second tier, almost that third tier, like the Philip Gilbert level of the world, like. Ouch, very, third, tier? third tier? Very good. I mean, I know he's getting old, but... Very good, but not going to win the biggest races in the world anymore. Still definitely has the class to pull this off. Steve Barr, he could be a good pick for this this week as well. Okay. Um, mm. I think he's probably looking more at the Strada Bianc, um, but who knows? Strada Bianc coming in two weeks on yeah, the ninth. So, so this is... Yeah, so oh man, what a what a classic I, already. But so, are you going to wager, Spencer? Who do you who do you got your who's your podium? Oh man, I have no idea. Like, the, the I could just tough. just put a list on the wall right. and I'll throw darts at it because that's about how accurate this would be. Okay, so let me just Spencer kind of with you. It feels pretty. What are the hard names enough. that that kind of pick out? Like, right, that we can hold you to account. Like, what are the? So you got Gilbert. Yeah, you've got Gilbert. Um, let's see. I mean, pretty much anybody on Quick Step, I think you could put on that list. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you Stybar. Give me okay. Stybar. I I don't think like GVA will be going well yet. Um, he was like a, an, an Arnaud Demar. He could be going well. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how he's doing, but he's a, he's in that tier of names. I would be like, oh yeah, okay. You know. So okay. um, <laughs> last year's hero, Michael Valgren, that could be one to look at. Okay, I'll give you Valgren. Vulgar's been so, riding well, anonymously, but well so far. Let me give you my point. Okay, what do you got? I've got. I'm. I'm kind of going like tiered out, right? And I'll just give you three that are just. I think are going to do well, and it's just. And you, you guys are already going to know one of them, and that of course is Tees Benut, just because it's the classics, and Tees looked so damn good last year at uh, the Strada Bianca. He's going to be on some good form a week before. So we got Tees Benut okay. of Red Lotto. Okay. Um. I'm going to definitely go with Vout Van Aert because uh, why not? He's He's got to be on some good form, and what better way to perform when Matthew Vanderpool is not in the race? That's true. So I'm going to go with Wout Van Strong Aert um, on, 
on my podium, and I'm not picking out like who's going to win, just that he's going to be on the podium. Well, it's the only time and he third, can win, so. And the third, kind of an outsider, a little bit. An outsider because he's on a new team. Um, and that is the Belgian, I would say, kind of floating under the radar for all these years because he's kind of just been on the wrong teams. He's kind of on the old Quickstelp team. He went to Red Lotto. Then he was on BMC for one year last year. Now he's on Movistar, and I'm going to go with Jurgen Rollins. Um, mm. And I just, you know, Belgian, he's got something to prove to the team. Early in the season, he's just going to say, like, hey, look, I'm here. Maybe send more than the, the minimum six riders. <laughs> like, 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 please, like, give me the good swan year for one day. Don't save everything for the Grand Tours. That's, um, that's my hope. Is uh, Jurgen Rollins is going to uh, Rollins is going to be my uh, dark horse? All right, um, little guy. Who do you have on your podium for Moonloop? I, you know, I wanted to say Christophe Laporte is going to come through. Uh, with uh, the for Confidus, I thought Laporte would maybe have it, but okay, he DNF'd out of his last race. He was riding really well for a while, so maybe he's six. So, so maybe I shouldn't say so Christophe Laporte. I'm going to say. Rollins, I think, is a good pick. I think uh, I think Terpstra is going to send a little message. Ooh, okay, be in some serious form. Um, I think Tim Wellens. I'm surprised he's on the start list, and I think the only reason he's on the start list is because he's going to win. And Tees and like Kirkalier and stuff <laughs> are just there to train at this point. Too early in the season for them. And then, All right. I think. AG2R is going to – Nason, it's too early. They're going to give Diller the chance to fully shine. Full team, wow. team leadership. Hmm. And that's my super dark horse because I have no idea. Now I'm finally opening his thing. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything this year. I think, though, he's going to do it. We know he's strong enough. Why do we know he's strong enough? Uh, a little race called Paris-Roubaix last okay. year. Okay, and what makes you think that he's going to not focus on that one again this year? Because somebody, hopefully, when he said, I'll just do that again, they kind of <laughs> slapped him across the face and were like, no, dude, come on. Let's be realistic. Yeah. Paris-Roubaix is such a crapshoot. Let's just let's I, just try to win a mini classic. Okay. He's now, got maybe the I just wasn't. Maybe I just wasn't listening like normal little guy, but I'm a little surprised mm-hmm. that you didn't pick Roy Jans to be on your podium. Well, I mean, that's obvious. I already basically picked it. I'm trying to pick him other guys, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, like Spencer was saying, like, <laughs> it's hard to know at this time of year. Some no, people okay. I haven't even seen. Obviously, like, Sep, Sep, Sep threw down this last week. There's a guy named Mitch Docker on Education First, and I feel like he might he might be one, maybe like a dark horse. <laughs> possible exciting. It, it's, um, and then my it, 16 it's tough to pick my, a dark horse when every horse in the race is dark right now you know they kind of are right now i mean in all seriousness ef's roster is pretty ridiculously stacked with no. sap they've got langeveld the, they've got taylor finney's going and breschel tom scully docker so, and hoffland like any one of those guys <laughs> if they got in the move would be a strong dark horse here's the thing i think that entire education first team following the orders of road captain Mitch Docker are just going to go to 16th place because every single one of those could get a 16th place. Mm -hmm. That's what, it's like, if you're going to ask me who's going to get 16th place, I'm going to say the entire, I'm going to take the team Mm -hmm. of education. That doesn't seem fair. Mm -hmm. Well, I write the Tim, you don't think the gummy bear is going to do it this year? I mean, he's on the list. My guess is he didn't even make the plane ride over from uh, Columbia. I mean, he's obviously there to be punished. You don't send a guy that was once fifth in the Giro to do the first Cobble Classic of the year unless he is on your shit list. Yeah. Or they're getting getting him ready for the Hammer series. I mean, I don't... I saw the pictures. I'm not... I'm hoping it's a contract year for Betancourt. So, like, he, (laughs) he, he really ramps it up here at the end the way Gilbert did all those years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, so Spencer, yeah. 16th place and little guy, 16th place. And then we'll call it a day on the Umloop preview man. Uh, for men. All right, Spencer, you go first. I got a, I got a good one. I think this is so impossible. I don't have a good one. Uh, I, this bike racing season, we've been in preseason so long that I, I forget that the real season is coming up 
right around the corner and it has snuck up on me. Uh, I think Tim might be onto something with the education first targeting 16th place because they are social media savvy and they know what a big win that would be uh, for their brand. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I will narrow my focus a little more than Tim did and actually say I've got faith that our good buddy Mitch Docker can pull off the 16th place. I do actually have Mitch Docker written down and then oh, comma man. all of education first, but mm. okay, Mitch Docker, little guy who you got. Uh, obviously, it's Lars Boom. He's going to be 16th place in every single race this spring. Cool. Lars Boom. Do you guys know if you look at the uh, the KBK start list, it sort of seems almost like a fake start list. <laughs> like there's so, so many climbers on the list that you're like, teams were just like, I don't even care. I'll just, just write down jungles. Sure, we'll send them. It's just like total. Well, KBK is, of course, an important race for our hearts. And we'll get to that in a second because of Hincapie's glorious win all those years ago, the stuffed donkey. But I think that we need to give a quick um, review on the women's umloop because, again, it's only 11th time that this race has happened, but they run it on the same day. And to me, that's a uh, Mm -hmm. pretty awesome um, thing. And I'm going to go out and say right now, Lada is going to win for Team Trek. They get just write that in stone right now. Um, again, she has had so many good races over the years, but hasn't had the full team support. Mm-hmm. And now she's got it. Um, and when we're on pro cycling stats here, actually looking at the start list for the women's umloop, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of jerseys to discuss and we really need to get Abby Mickey on here to do the Jersey draft because yeah, it's true. There are quite a few that are uh, amazing. Um, and it's, it's going to be pretty awesome. So now this will be, I believe, the first umloop for um, Lada because she did not do it the last couple of years with Cervello. So like, who knows how that's going to happen? But she's done well in Strada Bianchi. So, um, you know, sorry, she got fourth place in uh, two years ago. So I think that she has a pretty good shot of um, doing well here. So that is my pick. It's a pretty good pick. Who you got? Based on cross season form and just in general form and wiliness. If Mariana Voss is on that list, I'm going to pick her. Yeah. Well, not. She's not. So, looking. Anyways, it's going to be a good race. I'm pretty stoked. Um, most of the women's teams have six members. There are a couple that have seven on the start list. Um, but it is pretty cool um, to see. One of the things that they do do in this race, which uh, I do like seeing, is they have the uh, the World Cycling Center teams. Like They have a composite team put together from uh, women racers of kind of the underrepresented countries. So we have like a Trinidadian, um, a woman from uh, Ireland, Cuba, um, and I believe also from uh, Croatia that's going to be at the start list. So it's pretty cool. Um, and Paraguay as well. So pretty cool to uh, see that. So check it out. The women's um Little guy, do you have a uh, pick on your end? I was going to say uh, Niwadoma, but then I was like, she hasn't even raced yet this year. So uh, sure. I'm, a, Guys, I'm just going to go with the brand it. is still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I just kind of figure someone's <laughs> going to come out of nowhere. Someone's going to come out of like, you know, like a huge mountain training camp that I'm, I'm not, I'm not realizing it's the first race. It's so hard. It Someone is, from the so. Kipolini team could even win. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and then followed up the next day you have KBK as mentioned a little bit earlier. And, um, that's always a fun race just because the prize is so good. And, uh, well, I'm not going to pick winners here. This is a, uh, a important one for us, and uh, it's going to tell a lot about the upcoming season. So I think anybody that's looking to do well at uh, Roubaix, you want probably in, what, the 20th place or higher? Like, you kind of want to be in that – you want to be in the group. No, this, this, yeah. this is the idea. 16th place in these races equals podium at Paris-Roubaix Flanders. I mean, yeah. this, is, this, KBK is, this is where is, Dylan Toons started. Yeah, this is long. where it first came from. Yeah, Toons. KBK is grown in Wiggins to lose, basically. Yeah. I mean, if it comes to a sprint, he's going to win. You can't do anything about that right now. <clears throat> well, awesome. So we look forward to some real bike racing starting up this week. And uh, Spencer, with that, let's do some bike racing of our own. Let's go to the Prime Lap. Here we go. Everybody and uh, yeah, enjoy your ride podcast. 
All right. Well, once again, we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and checking out WideAnglePodium.com where they can learn more about our family of shows and how to become a supporter of the network. There's lots of big things happening on the network. Um, We're just going to cut over uh, just a couple. First off, we're available on Spotify. So check it out on Spotify. You probably got the the app already running on your desktop at work there. So just we're going to stream us through uh, Spotify. That'd be fantastic. And also you want to check out all the other shows on the network, Mm -hmm. including a new episode of the Slow Ride Reviews, which will be dropping fairly soon. We had a good spirited discussion Mm -hmm. on the variety of helmets and how Spencer is doing his best at N-1 in thinning the herd. And it kind of backfired a little bit on him when he was trying to sell a bunch of bikes because another one came right back to replace the one he was selling. Yeah, it usually does. So check out Slow Ride Reviews. You can also find that on iTunes or Spotify. Um, So yeah, so that's important. And we would like to thank the returning sponsor. We mentioned it last week, and that is Health IQ. Yes. Head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out how to save some money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual. Yes. Health IQ, yes. Uh, it's pretty simple. Um, like Tim said, healthiq.com slash WAP. It's going to take you right to the cycling specific uh, section of their website. You can take a little quiz there. If you score elite on the, uh, on the cycling quiz, bang, you're saving money. And it's as simple as that. Uh, and you can pile on other stuff, whether whether it's your family history, your your um, Strava files, how much you're riding, all that stuff. It all counts as uh, as savings. So you just stack all that up, um, and that's how you do it. But anyway, go over to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out exactly how to do that and uh, support uh, Health IQ because they support us. Besides Health IQ, we have the recurring sponsor. Once again, we partner with Grimper Brothers Coffee. Yes. You can go to um, wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more. You can do a variety of um, like subscriptions. You can order one-off bags, a pound of coffee. Order it this week. It will be sent to you by the weekend because it's brewed – or it's, sorry, roasted fresh. We have two different, spe- two different blends specific to the Wide Angle Podium Network. Yes. Now – I like my coffee, but I'm not the connoisseur that Spencer and the little guy are. So why don't you guys take it away on the two different coffee blends that are available on Grimper Brothers for the Wide Angle Podium listeners? It's my favorite sponsorship, I think, that we've ever had because I get the most out of it. Um, I order the bags, I would say, bi-weekly, and I just plow through this. Right now, I'm working on Cyclecross Friends. Uh, which is the espresso blend. Um, I just make that every morning in my French press, and it's awesome. Keeps me going during the day. Keeps me up late at night uh, when we record this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's uh, Grimper Brothers does such a good job. I haven't had a blend from them that I don't like, um, but of course, I buy the uh, the Psychograss Friends and the Full Schleck because um, they support Wide Angle Podium Network. And then the other great one, little guy, like yeah. you basically named this other one, the full schleck. Basically. I mean, I don't yeah. want to take all the credit, you guys. I mean, come on. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I totally did. Well, they've got everything you could want, right? It's so like for me, the uh, full schleck makes the most sense because you guys know me. I don't need like the espresso like uh, pickup as much. Sure. Right? So no, you're already going way too hot for that. It also gets hot down here, so I tend to be a little bit more uh, full schlecky than you guys, um, almost year round at this point. So it's uh, you know pretty exciting, and I'm stoked <laughs> that Gripper Brothers continues to be a supporter of the network, yep. and um, I also like to th- all the other supporters out yep. there. We have tons of big news right around the corner to announce. We got to keep our lips sealed right now, but the fate of professional cycling is about to change forever. That is true. And, and it is very exciting. <laughs> it is extremely like, exciting. Uh, we're excited to, to break this news to you, uh, probably on the next episode. So look for that. Some, some, some exciting network news. We're, uh, we're yeah. putting these, uh, donations to good use. Uh, when you support the shows on the network and when you support the network, we try to do good things with it. And, uh, and this one's coming oh, and you're going to love it. Oh my it. God. Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. Alright, let's get back to the show so that next week comes even faster. Okay. 
What up? This is Tom's Coyente, and you're listening to this Lowride Podcast. Hi. Guys, we are back. And last week, I was telling you, I was at Cabda up in Chicago. And as I was at Cabda, I met yep. a gentleman that drove six hours from Missouri. I like to think he drove six hours to meet me there. Sounds right. That was not the case. Yeah, sounds, case. sounds plausible. He, he came all this way to look at cool bike products, look at the, the new rotor group, stare at the new SRAM group and the wireless seat, dropper seat posts, and a variety of other amazing things that you would only find at a bicycle trade show, usually at the outer wall, you know, things that are one-offs, and you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see that product again at a bicycle trade show. <laughs> kind of weird reflective materials that you put in rec- random places on your on your person or different, um, you know, attire. Like, it, it's great, the bicycle trade show world. <laughs> this gentleman, okay. has a nice strong beard, comes over to the, comes over to the booth. <laughs> Nice. Wearing a sweet Lars Vanderharder shirt. Okay. Okay. And it's he's funny. Kind of talking to him a little bit. And he's like, I was at the foam party. I was at the Louisville 2013 foam party. And he's like, A, thanks so much. Great time. But I've got a problem. He's like, I listen to your podcast every week. This gentleman's name is uh, Josh Carroll. And he says, When I was standing in the line to get inside the foam party, <laughs> Mm-hmm. A gentleman was walking by and sold me my wallet. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> and he goes, here, take a look okay. at my wallet. And he hands me a wallet. And it was an amazing wallet. It was like handcrafted out of like duct tape and cardboard. I don't know what it was, but it was like something you would buy at a craft fest. And he's like, I bought this at the Louisville 2013 foam party line. Like in the line, okay. someone was walking down selling these. Wow. Now, he is of the thought that the person that sold him this wallet mm-hmm. was at the phone party. He's like, this wasn't just a, a street busker in downtown Louisville braving the cold trying to sell wallets. This was a gentleman that was at the World Championships is, selling wallets. This is wallets somebody who saw fans. opportunity as it presented itself and said, we, well, if I was selling wallets and I saw Josh, I would assume that he was the type of individual that would buy a wallet for me. He, he looked like a wallet buying type. Okay. okay. Nice guy. But he, this is his question. So we have the curious case of the foam party wallet here and we must solve it. I don't know where to go, but he wants another wallet because this wallet is starting to break apart on him and he's had it for a good five, six years yeah. now. Yeah, it's been six, a long time. Six years. Yeah. So, if anybody was at the phone party in Louisville and knows of someone that made a wallet <laughs> or sold wallets for like 10 bucks on the sidewalk, this is not that big of a community. Yeah. <laughs> we need to find Josh a replacement wallet. Okay. So um, they were- he doesn't think it's going to hold out until the next phone party. Well, the next phone party is going to be 2022 in Fayetteville, Arkansas. This yeah. is this is going to happen. Like save the date, folks. Save the date. It's our like we've already scouted out the venues of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, in fact, we got a text message from the like one of the promoters of the Fayetteville, Arkansas uh, phone party or uh, World Championships. Tim Johnson told him specifically that, "Hey, you need to have a phone party." And the phone party guys will take care of it <laughs> in Fayetteville. And we haven't even talked to Tim Johnson since the day that's great. The, after the phone party in Louisville. Yeah. So that's done. Josh can't wait that long to get a wallet. No. The wallet was starting to break apart. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so. What, what do we know? The clues that we have are we know where and when this person was selling wallets. We know that yes. they were at least aware of the phone party, if not in the phone party. Uh, yes. If they had a captive audience outside of the biggest party, so of we've got witnesses. Yeah, some yes. some people in that line know that this happened. Okay, and and if they most likely they were there for the phone party and were inside and should have some friends that hopefully listen to this show. If not, they're a local Louisville personality. 
There's no way that yes. someone who lives in Louisville does not know who this person is if they are a local based person. <laughs> like you're like, oh yeah, oh Jimmy Wallets. Yeah, of course. He's always on Broad yeah. Avenue, like uh selling now, selling his wallets for ten bucks. Yeah. Get one every year. Now Josh looks like the type of guy I would seek out to sell a wallet to. Mm-hmm. Um the there wasn't any defining features on this wallet. It was really just kind of like this white duct tape. Like, I don't know. I should have taken pictures. But anyways, we need to find Josh new wallet. I was super stoked. He was, This was his defining memory of the Louis, of Louisville Cyclocross World Championships was a wallet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the fact that Sven Nice won or we had the party of the decade. So therefore, we need to uh, pour, uh, pour, pour everything together. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, think uh he's also a, a great listener of the podcast. It was awesome to talk to him for a little while there at the show. So he had a bunch of other things to uh mention, but um yeah, the wallet is key. Constructive yeah. criticism, as no, it were. Does he remember what the guy looked like or can I just go buy some duct tape tomorrow and make make a quick 10 bucks? Well, I think that's the next step, right? Like if we like, find I was there. I could I could say that I was the guy that sold him the wallet. I, think I was making Josh him in the hotel a little bit room. of an unreliable witness. I, w- I would say that. Like, I okay. wouldn't be surprised if he bought it while walking into the washroom and Lars Vanderhaar was beating his head against the concrete wall, not knowing, like, if he was going to s- dance to Sandstorm or not. You know, like, mm. I think that there's a lot um, going on here. Mm. Very exciting. Anyways. Okay. And this is a curious case. We'll, we will get the listeners yes. on it. Okay. Uh, we should put something about this in the, uh, in the exclusive Facebook page, the uh, official a fan experience zone for the so, Slow Ride podcast. Um, get those guys on it. They they are sleuths on the internet, so they should be able to sort this out post-haste. So I've got a couple of other things. Okay. I continue. I'm sorry, here. Secondly, yeah. yeah, I went on a bike ride today. It's great. Yeah. We talk about messenger time. We've talked about messenger time many, many oh, times. Yeah. To us, messenger time is that if the bike ride starts at 2 o'clock, you wait until 2.15. Yep. 15 minutes is what we it's had for grace period. time. Yeah. Yes. It's we the grace period. Long grace now, period. it's a pretty big grace period. Here in Florida, <laughs> for most of the group rides I go on, if it's like a f- 7 or 6 o'clock rollout, maybe like 6.10, 6.05. Like, yeah, max. You better be close to 6 o'clock. Like, you, you, there's sure. not the 15-minute grace period, a quarter of an hour. Yeah. Okay, today I went on a ride. It was uh, uh, Bob from uh, Ocean Sun Brewing down the street. It's his birthday. The okay. ride stated start time was 1 o'clock for the ride. Okay. I showed up. Got my helmet already. Go inside the brewery like, hey, guys, I'm here for the ride. I was one of three people there. They didn't show up until 1.30 to start the ride. Okay. To me, that seems like a violation of ride etiquette. That that was a little bit, that's pushing it. But it was his birthday, so I'll give him like, yeah. But like thirty minutes. So, Tim, you, I think you're you're correct, but you've thrown this X factor in that we cannot account for. That it's Bob's birthday, so yeah, you can't you can't put rules on somebody on their birthday. Yeah, I know. It's I should have thought of this. Like I was mad, like when I pulled up the stool to sit at the bar for the 30 minutes and I got there at like one o'clock the whole time. I'm just like, I'm such an idiot for showing up on time. I should have at the minimum gone to messenger time. And then I would have only had to wait like another 15 minutes. No, that was your first mistake. Messed up. But I, I do think messenger time maybe only worked in our circle of group rides. Um, Yeah. We had a, yeah, I definitely, if I'm trying to go on other group rides, I can tell you that it doesn't work that way because yeah. I'm late all the time. Because I'm like, what's 15 minutes? It should be cool. And then no one's there. And I'm chasing for 20 miles. Yeah. So the most amazing thing is we had that huge grace period. Spencer still had to chase for 30 miles one time. That's pretty good. <laughs> like, that was, one, you were super late. Two, that's commitment. Yeah. You That was like a, a Spencer that was committed to putting in the miles. Yeah. I can't even fathom any chance of that happening now you would be home on the couch with a freshly brewed uh pot of full schleck yep you know so fast you'd be like thank god i missed that no, ride. Yeah, i chased i chased you guys through hilly terrain for like two hours <laughs> it's amazing 
Yeah. Longest solo you. ride you ever did. <laughs> so, yeah, that was I remember that, and it was awesome when you showed up late because I definitely went to the front to make you work a little bit harder. Um, I had another incident that happened. I don't want to say incident because this is a good thing. Mm. So, City of Orlando had their that. bike. The City of Orlando had their bike pedestrian like advisory committee meeting you know like oh let's talk about where we're putting bike lanes in the city of orlando yeah mm-hmm. so i marched down to city hall and i'm like i'm gonna be involved i walked away from the meeting signing up for the bicycle parking subcommittee Ooh. for orlando so okay i don't like i'm kind of stoked about this like oh yeah i'm gonna help put bike wraps in the bike racks in the city but also i'm like is that kind of just like the convenient place to put tim where he's just like Go deal with bike racks. Like, no one cares. Like, you guys just go do that and yeah. have fun. Um, but bike racks, to me, is a very important thing, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I got a question for you guys. Okay. When you go to a place, what kind of bike rack do you like? Uh, now, there's a variety uh, of bike okay. racks. Yeah, there's lay out the, some options the inverted for us U, right? There's, like, yep. the classic just yeah. two, like, one... That's like a U stapled into the yep. ground. Yep. You then have the post with like the, the circle that's halfway yep. up. Mm-hmm. Love right? it. You have the classic wheel bender. You have a, which is like you put your front wheel in and then hopefully you can find a way to lock to it. Um, yeah, those you are ha- terrible. Which I don't know how those were ever designed. Terrible. It's like what yeah. a horrible you're supposed idea. To, yeah, you're supposed to scratch your down tube. That's what you're supposed to uh, do. Okay. And then you've got um, the, uh, the old p- parking meter and street sign. Mm-hmm. You know, so w- now, what now, is it that you guys? You're just talking about, about like the single style rack or or whatever, and you're not talking about like the big curly Q style that fits like eight bikes on it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at something that, nice. like, I, I would hope that you're putting in a rack. You know, that's maybe like you put two or three in to fit like four to six bikes hmm. outside of a place of okay. business. Yep. So well, mm, yeah. Go ahead. Of the of the options you've presented. And I'd, I'd have to do some thinking if there's some other ones that uh, that I'm not coming to my mind right now. But I I got to say the the post with the little circle on it is probably the most useful. Uh, it gives you a lot of real estate to lock to, um, you know, front wheel, frame, whatever. Like if you have the tiny U-lock, if you have a regular U-lock or, or something else. Like a lot of, uh, a lot of options – don't work well with all all different t- kinds of locks like the the u kind of inverted u into the ground one you lock your big u lock to that and you come back half an hour later and your bike's just laying on the ground because yeah. there's so yeah, much room true. to move yeah. um that's why i like the uh the post with the circle on it i'm sure there's a name for that style but i don't know what it is um so that that would be it's like my a vote. Post. Yeah, it's like so, a hitching okay. post. I would get as many of those as you can all over town, just everywhere, because I have a feeling That's, people don't. I mean, people don't ride their bikes because they don't have bikes or they don't think of it as an option. But they're also worried about. I would say even more than having a helmet, they're worried about what do you do with your bike when you get somewhere. So just like step one so, is put them everywhere. Something I've noticed here in Florida, I noticed it when I moved to Gainesville, is a lot of people bring their bikes inside businesses. Yeah. That's like, so it's just weird. like, just like an accepted thing. Like, just wheel your bike in. Like, we used to get yelled at when you bring it into the lobby to thaw it out from the free wheel freezing. Oh, yeah. And, oh, anywhere. Anywhere. And so, I the bike parking to me is such low-hanging fruit. That's why I kind of mm-hmm. volunteered for this. Because to me, it's like, like you said, Spencer, just put them everywhere. Like, it's not hard. Yeah. Like, you know, as long as ADA... Com, you know compatible and you know you're not like impacting like the business value by like stapling it to the wall like there's there's ways um to make cycling better for people and so that's one of the the things that i think is hurting orlando a lot because now we have all of these uh dockless bikes and an amazing like they were showing some of the data like thousands of trips fifty thousand trips in the first month i mean it's ridiculous the amount of people riding these um e-assist bikes but then you're like, okay, but where are you going to park the bikes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anywhere. It's like, oh, put them on the middle of the yeah. sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, just, just, yeah, just leave it wherever you stop. Maybe in so. somebody's front yard. Anyway. That's great. Do you guys remember the movie Captain Ron? Oh, I can't believe that's <laughs> even a question. 
Um, do you remember the, one of the early scenes in Martin Short's going to work uh, before he decides to go get the boat? And he gets in the elevator. It's super packed elevator trying to show you how bad the city life oh, nine to five is. Terrible. And there's a bike messenger gets in the elevator with their bike. With and their obvious- bike? With their bike, and obviously they're just really selling it, how terrible it is working in the city and living that normal sh- schmuck life. But um, I, as a kid, I remember even being like, that's no way bike messengers bring Wait. their bikes into the elevator. Are you um, s- yeah, are you, it's, it's are early you it in the movie. Bike? Okay, so think about the tropes that have been bikes in the city on movies over the years, yeah. right? So you've got the bike messenger. That's, that's yeah. also common in in commercials even nowadays you see like mm-hmm. the messenger in the elevator for any elevator scene there's always like a messenger kind of gruffy you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe not even a walkie-talkie just like a messenger bag but the one that's been getting me lately i've been seeing nonstop is anytime they show a cyclist it's like the arrow helmet like with the long tail that isn't even uci legal anymore and the full disc wheel mm-hmm that's yeah, like because the that's other, that's like, the silly like look at these yeah. silly goofballs. <laughs> They'll wear any stupid thing. Yeah. The only like proper representation of a cyclist in the last ten years is uh was it Gordon Levitt in the uh okay. the classic movie Jesus. Premium Rush. Okay. I, I never saw it, but I will hold it one quick before wait, you move on. You never I, saw Premium Rush? No, w- one second. I just want to say that the person who was the bike messenger in Captain Wrong was CM Talkington. That okay. I just want to make sure he gets his credit in case he's listening to this and he's like, "Hey, come on, man, mention my name." The, Maybe yeah. he sold the wallet. So, seen anything else? Little guy. Spencer, he has actually a- been in a few things, um, <laughs> but not Captain Ron is his biggest credit. Okay. Well, obviously, yeah, he's sure. actually a director of four, uh, a couple, sh- a short, and a documentary. He needs course, a new of agent. Of course, he is. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, uh-huh. you're not a fan of Premium Rush. Uh, it's fine as an action movie. It is not fine as a documentary of messenger life. I'm pretty sure it was a documentary of my life as a courier. I have now little guy, you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil anything here. for No, you. I've been meaning to but watch it for the years. best feature of premium rush is this like weird messenger vision that Joseph Gordon Levitt has in which he comes to an intersection and time stops. Yeah, and then yeah. He sees the like three the options like, oh, I could go left, I could go mm-hmm. right, or I could go straight. And there's this one scene where all three of them end in a crash, and it goes back to his face, and he goes, hmm. And then he <laughs> gets hit by a car. Um, uh, okay, that's, awesome. that's, that's not funny, man. That's never funny. It's, that's about, well, it's no, about but in how Messenger it goes. Visit, it's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. It's, it's a great movie. The ending leaves some things to be wanting. But, uh, anyways, think of Quicksilver, but updated. Yeah, I mean, it's got Michael Shannon being creepy. What more could you ask for in a movie, really? Exactly. And you haven't seen it. Anyways. I haven't seen it. No, it's, it's, it is crazy I haven't seen it. But I just now, watch Captain Ron when I want to see Bike Messengers. <laughs> we, got a, uh, we got a nice email uh, my dad's this past week. Movie. From, uh, we got an email from Jeff Anderson. Say, hey, guys, listen to the Kobo episode and think you missed the point about going to the World Championships in Denmark. It was never about just one race. i.e. MVDP winning. It's all about being in the atmosphere, traveling to a different country, experiencing the people, and generally getting out of the good old USA and gaining a different perspective of things in other countries. Mm -hmm. He talks about how he went there, and it was a blast. The women's racing was awesome. The U23 was fantastic, especially in the women's field, and how the town was super special, and everyone was very, very nice. But he wants to just say, hey, guys. I don't think I uh, mentioned that the food or all the drink tickets that everyone gives you when they find out that you're an American and suddenly you don't have to buy a single beer at a cycle cross race and there's enough tickets to get you through the entire weekend. I kind of like this idea. So yeah. it's kind of like you come from far, <laughs> far away, then people are just going to buy you the beers. So uh, I find that Jeff, hard thanks for a little bit of clarity. Okay. I do. I think it was just more of that like kind of hangover of cyclocross of a cyclocross season of just Matthew Vanderpool crushing all of our dreams, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really to take away from the world. I'm sure it's a great experience. I I mean, Louisville was fantastic. I can't wait oh, to yeah. welcome the world again at Fayetteville. <laughs> I I guess I'm, so, I'm 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 happy to hear that uh, he as an American they didn't just make fun of him when they saw him because that's they, kind of what I assume they would do. 
Yeah. I will say this, that the world championship that I will probably go to next that I would seek out is the recently announced world championships in Glasgow. Did you see this? Where because Glasgow, the, Scotland yeah. is basically going to host every world championship in like September. So they're going to have the mountain bike road and like downhill up at Fort William all in the same kind of week. So basically you're going to have like a celebration of cycling for the week. And I actually kind of like this idea um, that you get all of the disciplines together to really magnify the, um, the importance of all the cycling disciplines. Here's why I want to go. Okay. Cause I still haven't seen news yet. If cycle ball or cycle um, artistic cycling is going to be there because that may guys be our um, debut for a Scottish podcast because we could actually go there and see cycle ball in person. I'd be into that. I'd be really into that. I'd be really into that and see downhill at Fort William. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of surprising. They haven't integrated all the events before. It's kind of, a don't you like this idea that they're all on the same week? Mm-hmm. I like this idea of us going to Scotland. It's it's like a <laughs> it's like a cycling Olympics, you know. It's exactly. just like an event all day, every day. Like you might have to overlap some events schedule wise, so you're gonna have to pick and choose where you want to be, which uh, which cycling stadium you want to be in to uh, see the grand finales of, uh, you know, whether it's cycle ball or or you know downhill racing. Yeah, like. Huh. Something, wow. it's something for everyone. Pretty excited. Yeah. Maybe they'll have a master's well, race too. Well, thanks for uh, <laughs> yeah, master's world championships as well. Thanks, Jeff, for the email. Um, always, always a reminder to check out our Twitter and Instagram feeds at the Slow Ride Pod. You can also email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Spotify. We're very excited to be on Spotify now, and we are on iTunes. And if you have the time please give us a review. We'd love to read it on the air. It's been a little while since we've gotten a nice review and we uh, pride ourselves on all those five-star reviews that we've gotten. But if you want to give us a three-star, that's totally okay. It helps in the algorithm, I'm sure. And uh, we'd like to thank Grimper Brothers and their support. Go to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out how to um, score some great beans and also check out healthiq.com slash WAP to find out how to save money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual if you're already listening to the podcast. And this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at The Slow Ride Podcast.